Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. At the moment, I'm, I'm still a lobby player, which is, which is, which is the main thing. Uh, contract negotiations always happen sort of behind closed doors and stuff like that so that's not something that I really talk about too much top top, top answer because this <laughs> is a training you're, you're learning well <laughs> I'm not going to talk into, into that too much like the age and deal with that behind yeah, the scenes yeah, you're learning but you're learning you're learning you're learning Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Beautiful Game Podcast. I'm with my main man Dej. What are you saying to me, bro? I'm good, my bro. You know, today we've got we're breaking a record. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the youngest ever um player to appear on TBG. So we're looking forward to it because it's gonna be a new experience. So yeah, man. No, oh, definitely. And one of the remits and you know things that we've always said about this platform is that we want to get every single sort of journey and story to be to be heard on this platform but before we introduce our guests i just want to plug the socials follow our tiktok at tbg pod our twitter at podcast underscore tbg and our instagram that's been blowing up at the moment <laughs> at pod underscore tbg like the video subscribe and leave a comment because that helps the algorithm and the more subscribers we get the bigger guests that come onto the platform <laughs> We're delighted to announce we are joined by Carlos Richards. Welcome, 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 <laughs> thank you, bro. Man, thank you. Thank welcome, you. Man. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Yeah, love for coming on. As we've said, like we've been speaking off air, just talking about your journey. You're still a young player, so it's going to be good to like find mm. out the origins because there's not much online. So I believe this is your first sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, interview too. in front of the bright lights and cameras, the cameras. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's going to be good to chop it up, man. Mm. No, definitely. I'm big up, obviously, Jerry, for helping put this together. It's been a joy to work with, so we appreciate that. So, yeah, let's kick things off. Take us back to the beginning. Uh, so, my my roots of into football has been up and down, really. It's been uh, slow, whereas I think I started playing grassroots football, Sunday league football, for probably most of my, my time when I was younger. I mean, I got into football at age like six, sort of just like a local team really just getting used to it just enjoying it really that's the main sort of thing when you're younger is enjoyment you're not really into it like that but and then uh, when my my family started actually realizing okay it's quite good try try pushing on so i had a few good coaches in my my team when i was younger uh shout out so his name's mark dunn and charlie dunn they were sort of quite helpful for me when i was younger they had good links into academies and stuff like that which was all new to me when i was little really so just playing for like a sunday league team from the age around six seven to, to ten sort of things just like a, a local team and then I started getting some some notice from academies from like the likes of Chelsea which is obviously where I was uh, Arsenal for you so it was just like good for me and then from that point onwards I went on trials at, I was at Brighton for a bit uh, under tens I think that would have been I was at Fulham for a bit as well and then obviously I went on trial at Chelsea I think under 12s I think it was at first and this is something that people might not even know. I didn't when I first went on trial at Chelsea. I didn't actually get into the to the club. Okay. So that was sort of something like people don't <coughs> really know about. But um, I went on trial at Chelsea under twelves, 
And it was all positive information, but it was sort of just like squad sizes at the time was different. It just wasn't really the right time for me. So I sort of just said, look, you go back to doing whatever you was doing before. And if the opportunity arises, it, it'll be good for you. So that was a bit hard for me at a young age. So I get told that's the first little no I had for me, obviously, which is no one's going to take it on well. But uh, went back went back to Sunday League after that, after having academy sort of uh, notice. And then went back to Sunday League for about half a year, a year maybe. I went back to Chelsea at under-13s and I just did well, really. I had a good sort of six-week trial sort of spell there and that sort of changed their opinion on me and then got offered a, a contract at Chelsea when I was about 13, 14 and that's just sort of where it started, really, for me. Uh, and I mean, I think from Chelsea where it was just like from going from Sunday League right at the bottom to, yeah, to Chelsea, yeah. it's a big, a big sort of jump. So something I had to get used to over time. But So what kind of things, like, you see, obviously, the obvious one is quality, but mm. in terms of, I don't know, facilities, pitches, equipment, stuff like that. That's a, like, facilities is a, ma- is a massive thing. I think when, you guys probably understand, when you're at academies or you step down to Sunday League grassroots, you, <laughs> yeah. you realise how much you really respect <laughs> yeah. the facilities and stuff like that. I mean, just seeing the amount of pitches they had there, the facilities, even canteen for your parents could come and sit down. I think it was just like from, from there to there. But uh, I think the whole experience being at Chelsea was just just great for me, for me and my family, really, just to be able to get used to a place like that, around players around massive calibres and stuff like that. But it was just great for my personal development as well, just being in and around a good sort of programme where I'm training a good few times a week and building myself up like that. Um, But yeah, I was at Chelsea for about two seasons, two, three seasons, and then I got to sort of under-16s and I, I picked up a a few injuries which is obviously that's probably one that's probably my worst thing at the moment I think I've picked up a few so um, it was a bit a bit more of a struggle for me uh, when I got to around the age of 15, 16 at Chelsea and then this decision sort of came around the corner and it was another no which was another like I said another step back for me obviously being in, in there for about two seasons it was a big sort of knock but it's either you, you let that affect you and you sit down or you carry on going so I had trials at um other places, I got my first Asian, which was another big thing for me for them to open doors for me elsewhere. And uh, so, even before your journey through the academies, I want to go right the way back. So, even like, what area are you from? I know you're from London. Like, what? Uh, yeah, so just outside South London, so okay. near, so Kingston area, uh, where I grew up. It wasn't. It was, I'm I'm lucky enough to say that I grew up with both of my parents. Okay. So, and I have a younger sister as well. So, I have a good sort of family around me, good supportive family who. You have the drive for me sort of thing. So no, and my area wasn't oh I didn't grow up in a rough area, it was a nice area, so I haven't got yeah, I haven't got normally, there, yeah. and it's plush and yeah, yeah, No, it's funny because like, footballers grow up in different <laughs> environments. Yeah. Some come from like harsh environments yeah. where it's like really gritty and obviously mm. to hear that you've come from a two parent household, a decent area, that's good. Mm. That's good. Yeah, like like you said, I mean there's some people who come from a lot of different backgrounds so for me that's a that's a massive positive for me to be able to say you know I lived up with in the nice area lived up with two two parents who actually wanted to push me so I mean there's loads of people you guys probably had in this podcast before who haven't had that and I think that's a that's a big thing for me um, and what would you say that's done for you so like obviously you mentioned earlier about getting rejected from Chelsea for the first yeah. time and like how has having two supportive parents helped you get over those sort of rejections? I, I think it's, honestly, it's, the, it's massive for me. I think family, massive, I think. If I didn't have my parents, my dad, my mum to, to speak to in those times, I think, I don't know where I'd be today. So I think, I don't know if I'd still be at paying at the same level I am now, or I, I don't think I would have been able to push myself to get those opportunities. So I'm always happy that, or glad that they're there for me like that and they're able to push me because I don't know, like I said, I don't know where I'd be without them, so... So, so one of the main things for me, my, my family. Because I know you mentioned you started playing when you were like under six, went into Sunday League. So like, how did you get into football? How did, or who saw that you had potential to like? Uh, so it's, it's, that's another sort of weird story really. So when I was around six, I used to go to just like a like local goals and stuff like that. Just like little places. I think it was a, a birthday party I had when I was six or seven. I'm not sure the age. And uh, there was uh, coaches who came in and took the birthday party and I sort of just said, look, um, we'll give him, he can come in and he can train at uh, our place, blah, blah, blah. 
And that's where it all started, really. That's when I got into a little program. I think it was maybe every Tuesday, Thursday, you know, come down and train. Started playing futsal as well, which was... Okay, yeah. Was a lot of people talk about how that's massive, a big yeah. help. Uh, people like Coutinho, like the tight touches, mm. playing under pressure, manipulating mm. the ball. And that. For, for te- to grow your technical ability, I think it's great for young players to get into futsal or at least to experience it because, you know, it's a different... It might look very similar, but it's very different. It's a lot quicker. I think you need the technical ability to be able to play in, in a sport like that. So I think that was good for me when I was younger to to get involved and stuff like that. Because yeah. you mentioned like um, you went to Chelsea. Obviously, they said there was um, an overpopulated group, so they had to obviously get rid of players. So like in that intervening period, what did you do to work on your game? Like, what information did they tell you that? you need to work on this, then you can become mm. part of the squad. Well, I think for me, it was more, in my position as, a, as an attacking player, as a winger, it's always, end product is always the main sort of question mark on any player. All right, yeah, we know he has a technical ability, we know he's quick or whatever, but has he got that end product to really sort of show his ability when he does step on the pitch? And for me, I think that was that was my main sort of thing, just being able to look back at a season and look at my stats and think, okay, I've, I've had a good season here because I've had so-and-so goals, so-and-so assists or... Something on paper where you can look and think, yeah, I've done, I've done well this year. So I think that was the main thing for me to just go back, work hard on my on my own product, you know, just making sure I'm getting bringing getting my tally up, involving other people and stuff like that. But it's more. So, so what's your view on like stats? Because I speak to a lot of players in the modern game, yeah. and people are sort of like, even if I have a bad game, but I get a goal assist, that's mm. my job done. Whereas <laughs> in the old school days, about putting in the performances, mm. kind of thing. So where do you stand in that as a, as a young player? For me, I know I touched on it there, but stats aren't really important for me. I don't think that's something I. I personally don't really look into it. I know it can be a big nowadays, everyone's mm. saying, oh, so-and-so, but his stats are like yeah. this. But I don't think so. For me, if I if I play bad and I score, I, I disregard that. I still think oh, I played bad today. I'm not going to... Mm. For me, a goal or an assist, that doesn't change how I personally think I played. I think I think it has a difference to how people yeah. see it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, people just look at the stats. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Someone might look at the game and think, oh, Carlos scored today. Yeah, think, oh, he had a good ten. game then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in my head, I'm like, I played oh, horrible yeah. today. But just because I got a goal in someone might see it differently. So I think stats do perceive sort of how people do see that. Mm. People might see two goals and think, I oh, played great, but I think you have to be there or you have to be involved in football to know about stuff like that. But mm. stats, nah, but I don't really look into it too much. No, I think this conversation is, is very pertinent because we've got like a lot of 13, 14, 15-year-olds listening to the platform mm. that are aspiring to make that next step from being in Sunday League to go into academies and potentially making their pro debut at 17, 18, 19. So I just wanted to ask you, like, how did you juggle school with football? Uh, so uh, I don't know if you guys know, well, of course you would. I mean, when you're, when you're younger, uh, you get given the opportunity, especially at top football clubs like, like Chelsea, you get the opportunity to go full-time at the club. So all your, your school programs are funded by them and sorted by them. You go to a local school, but you're sort of like 100% at the club, which is, I think that's around 15 sort of time. Whereas I didn't do that. And I think that's a great, a great choice that I made personally. I feel like having that school experience of going to school, making friends, you know, people from your area, I think that's, that's great. But uh, like you said, balancing it between football and, and, and schoolwork, I think school is obviously really important, but in the back of my mind, I always knew exactly what I wanted to do. So I, I'd always know, okay, I want to put my 100% into football, but I'm also going to balance it with football because balance my schoolwork mm-hmm. with football because mm-hmm. you've got, you got to stay on top of it. You've got to have a, a plan B, like everyone <laughs> always says. But uh, for me, obviously, my, my main goal was always football, but to make sure I was on top of it in school, make sure my grades were good, I was passing my exams, I was doing well. That was also uh, positive for me. And my mum's also a teacher, so oh. uh, <laughs> it was one of those ones where... True, our extra lessons yeah, well. So if, you're not, if I'm not doing well, I'd know about it, so... So is it one of those ones that like, if you wasn't doing well, no football kind of thing? Or um, was they always saying, you know what, this guy, you got mad talent. Mm. Like, <laughs> <You> <laughs> we're going to accept, yeah, 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 yeah. Was it one uh, of those ones? Nah, not really. I think my parents weren't really too too harsh on me. I think they sort of knew that I wouldn't take the mick. I would yeah, be, yeah. I'd be good in school and stuff like that. But I think if I was one of those cheeky sort of characters yeah, where, nah, I'm not, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would have been stomped out quite a long, quite a long time ago. But um, yeah, I still think, for like you said, people who are watching, who, who say, oh, I'm struggling balancing between school mm. and football. I think when you know football is all you want to do, I think put your 100% into that. But 
always make sure you're keeping on top of your schoolwork along, along the side because you don't know where that will take you otherwise. Yeah. I wanted to speak about, you mentioned before, like overcoming rejection. Obviously, you had it the first time around at Chelsea, then you mm. had it again, obviously being released. Like, how do you deal with that? Because I think, you know, people sort of talk about Gen Z as like the snowflake generation. Yeah. They don't know how to handle yeah. adversity. Like, Definitely people quit their jobs, I don't know, 10 times a year, the, the manager. Another, another like, stats, one of those stats. Yeah. Ones, <laughs> I've been looking at the stats again. Yeah, so like, speaking to people of your generation, like how did you do it? Because people of the perception that people are getting less and less and less resilient, mm. if you get what I'm saying. Mm. So how, how did you do it? Uh, I think the, the first time when I was younger, I think it's, it was good that I got that when I was younger to sort of get that, that first no. Because then that's, you can all, that's where you sort of see where, where yourself are, how interested you are in that sort of thing. Because when you get told no, it's a, it's, a, it's a big thing. And it's either you can step up from that and you can go, okay, I'm going to prove them wrong. Or you get that opinion from someone, you think, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that. Or you could just step away from it and think, look, that's not me. I think I, I'm looking to something else. But uh, rejection is a massive thing. And I think it can change you as well. Massively, I feel like it can change you. I feel like it can push you on and it can give you that drive to to do better and succeed better to, to what he was doing before. So when I first got that, no, it's, it's probably one of the worst things to do at the time. You know, you want to just go and see your bed, stay in your room. You don't really want to tell anyone. You just want to be by yourself. But mm. you lift yourself up from that and then you get opportunities elsewhere, which I think I'm, I'm happy to, to say where I am where I am now. And I'd say being released from Chelsea has probably helped me, to be honest, to, to, to be who I am now, really. Because mm, after you left Chelsea, there's that sort of window where what do I do? I'm going mm. into clubs or rejected there or they mm. say, we'll give you two weeks. After the two weeks, you don't hear back from them or we've got to look for other opportunities. Yeah. So talk to us about that sort of window of uncertainty as well. So that, that sort of period, that summer sort of, after, just after the season's ended, that period can be quite hard really because you're thinking about I have to stay fit, ready for the next season but then also the other clubs so I have to go on trials and things like that. So it can be quite quite hectic but um I just I just got an agent as soon as I got released released from Chelsea, so that opened up a few sort of pathways and windows for me to be able to to go elsewhere. So I think I went to first I went to Rangers. No, it would have been West Ham. I went first actually. Okay. I went to West Ham. I think I was there for a good few games and being able to know that I was getting interest from still top clubs like that. I think that was a positive for me to be able to know. Okay. It's definitely not the end of the road here, you know, mm. you still got a lot of potential, still got other clubs that are in for you. So it wasn't it was kept my head up for me. And I, I did well at West Ham, I enjoyed it there, but it wasn't the club for me. So I went So to, when you say it wasn't the club for you, did they make you an offer that you rejected or they just said they went quiet or how, how was that? I think so. I was there for around I can't remember the exact time. I was there for a few weeks and uh I, I felt like I was doing I was doing well, I was hearing positive feedback from uh, from the club and then I think I just had one shocker of the game uh, I think I was playing with the 18s I think it was it wasn't a league game but it was like a, just a game that they'd put together that I played in and I just played horrible so you, do you know that because I know it myself yeah. I used to play academy football and mm. obviously Dot's been my best friend for a while mm. and I'll phone him after certain games he's like Dot I had a man like, I got hooked off at half time yeah so yeah, you got subbed off or you got dragged off everything yeah like, you, you know yeah, yeah you yeah. know you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. After that, yeah, you know. But um, yeah, after that game, I just sort of said, look, and I, I knew after the full time whistle went, I knew I just yeah. uh, I haven't shown myself today. So I just thought after that, we didn't really hear much back from the club. Really, sort of went quiet. So I looked elsewhere. You know, you can't you can't really just throw all your eggs in one basket like they say and just stay at one club because then you put your time effort into one place and then the, the decision is no, you got nowhere else yeah. to go. So. Uh, there's a few clubs lined up to to go on from there, so I think I went to Rangers after, which was another crazy story. Right, we was doing testing just to, as soon as I got there, with like a sprint test, jump test, and stuff like that, just to sort of test your body, how quick you are, see if you're quick and stuff like that. And off the thirty meter sprint, I think it was, I, I did my hamstring. Oh. And it was like I mean I had to go back to the hotel and I mean I'm in Scotland where I don't foreign know exactly country different and I'm injured and I thought ah oh, where does it go from here but I just took time to build myself back up again and opportunity arose at, at Derby and that's that's where I am wow. today so, yeah it's like you've been around the houses to like get I've to opportunity and I think 
this is what people don't see mm. on the TV. They see mm. under 16 making his debut. Say, wow, this is the next mm. prodigy. But they don't yeah. know what you've had to go through. Yeah, definitely. So it's, uh, I think there's there's loads of players who are like that, I think, who have that sort of pathway where you just see them doing well, but you don't really see where they've come from or what it's taken for them to get there. Even Malcolm, who came on for your mm. debut, he sort of got released, mm, he, went around, got his opportunity. Yeah, I think that's, like you said, the word opportunism is massive in football. I think everyone gets an opportunity and it's just whether you take it or not, really. You could, you could like you say, you could have a shocker one day or you could perform and then you get you get pushed on. And I think for Malcolm, that was a, a big thing when he came to Derby. He hit the ground running, did well as an age group and excelled in a championship at the time. Mm. So, And he's he's in a great place now. So it shows. So, so yeah, talk to us about, you know, signing for Derby. So, yeah, when I got there, it was another like, so a trial period where I played, I think, two games. Yeah. And uh, I, I scored a great goal in one of the games, and I was just sort of thinking, you know, I do, I do like the facilities here because so when you say scored a great goal, <laughs> what does this great goal look like? Uh, let's let's say what you're about. We're running back, we're running back. So I think it was uh, it was against like a, a college. I think I think it was for the 21. So I was just turned 16 at the time. Wow. So for me, it's like I'm playing against not men, but I'm playing against you know mm. physically developed big sort of players. I'm thinking, oh, I'm gonna be. It's going to be a bit different for me, but um, I just remember it. I was playing on the right-hand side, ball come down uh, down the line, and I just took on about three players, going to the box, and slotted. just slotted so it, yeah. Was it one of the whips, or was it like a it was laces, it was or what, what type of finish? So I've driven into the box, I've <laughs> chopped, defender slid, and I've just got the whole goal to aim, I've just placed it, just okay. placed it in, What sort of defender was on the floor? He was, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to see you ever <laughs> I think he saw my number from that point onwards and just, and just left it from there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I went Derby and that was had a good trial period. And then when I first got offered the initial contract, I just thought, I'm, I'm taking it. You know, I've enjoyed my time here. I've enjoyed the club. I've enjoyed the facilities, everything. And I just thought, it's, it's a step, not a step down, but it's different to Chelsea. But mm. I liked it and it, it suited me. So it was just perfect. And I think that's one of the best things I've, I've done, really, signing for Derby. So when you say you offered a contract, is that scholar? Is that pro? Mm. So that was a, a two-year scholarship when I first signed for for Derby, where they had I don't know if you've heard, but obviously they had financial stuff uh, yeah, yeah, going yeah. with the club and point deductions and stuff like that. So it was, it was a tough period for them. But for me to just any contract was a contract. Anything was good for me with a pro scholarship, whatever it was. I was I was happy as long as I wasn't having to travel or. You know, commitment to any other clubs or anything like that. That was just what I needed at the time. Um, but yeah, having signed that initial contract, you know, at my age, earning actually money for playing the sport that I love doing, that was a massive, massive thing for me. Where I feel more independent in myself. I'm living away from from family. And so, were you staying in like digs? Because I know a lot of players stay with different families. Mm. Then the club will sort of monitor their development and. The family sort of report back to the club. Mm. He's doing well. He's mm. coming in late yeah. on Saturday nights. He's um, he's sneaking through the back door. And stuff. Yeah. But I know you're not like that. Yeah, I know you're, course, I know you're a good a good guy. Of course, but um, yeah, yeah. So I'm still in digs now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just put putting in a, a digs, and I think it's, that's a massive thing as well. Where where you're staying is is a really big thing. I think I think if you're in a good environment and you're going home where you're happy, I think that's massive. I think that does have an effect on how you perform on the pitch and stuff. So I think I'm, I'm in a, a good house where you know, they treat me well. They also prepare me well for games and stuff like that. So that's that's all I can ask for, really. So how is that set up? Because mm. again, we're going to have like people listening in that are at that age. Mm. So do you get assigned to a family or when you're there, they sort of list, okay, these are the sort of family. These, this is where they're from. Which house do you want to go to? Kind mm. of, how, how does it work? Uh, so I think it depends on the club, really, because I went I, when I went to, up to Rangers, it was sort of just like, you know, they speak to you, think, oh, do you like pets? Is it something that you'd want in your house? Would you want a house that has siblings in it or, you know, like a, a family that you can enjoy? But when I first came to Derby, it just sort of like um, said, like, this, this is this is the way where we've got you to, to go down. And obviously, if you're not happy, you're unsettled anywhere, they'll happily move you out like that within a, within a day, you'll be somewhere else. But I went there and... My my family got able to to meet the the Dick's parents and it was just perfect for me really. It's not too far away from the training ground, uh, so I have to get a driver in every morning actually as well because well, you haven't got your license. <laughs> still, trying to, still, still trying to get that sorted as well. Yeah. Jerry's on top of me for as well. <laughs> we don't we don't talk about that for now. But um, 
but uh, yeah, the Dick's parents is all good. But it's yeah, like the, like you said, the club do do money, they do checks and stuff like that. But um, it's not it's not something to be worried about really. It's just mm. that they're making sure that you're eating the right things, looking after your room, just just little things like that really. And like, how is it like leaving your family? Like because bro, mm. like you hear people getting homesick, all of that <laughs> kind of stuff. So yeah, how was that transition? I think for me at sixteen to 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 leave my family, leave my my home, was it was a, it was a big thing. But I sort of saw it as to be in the to be in the career I want to be and to be where I am. I'm gonna have to do this at some stage. You know, footballers always moving around. You get bought by so and so club, you're gonna have to move anyway. Yeah. So if this is what I'm gonna have, gonna want to do, I've got to get used to it, sort of thing. So I just sort of put my head down and said, look, this is what I want to do. If I have to leave, I have to leave home at an early age. That's something that I'm gonna have to be ready for. But it, was, it can be hard at first because you're leaving not getting used to your mum's cooking anymore or <laughs> you know seeing your family or whatever it was or your friends who are local but you get used to it you know what I mean when, when it's something you want to do I think you put that to one side you have your priorities and I think that's just what I had to do so what's the differences between cause there must be London and Derby at London mm. you've got all these anemities everything's not too far away so mm. like how have you sort of had to transition from the London life to the Derby life um, I think just just the area really is is a, is a lot different. Like you said, London to Derby, it's like get used to different people, different areas. You think, ah, oh, I don't know certain people from here. But like you said, it's like you're getting used to to anything. Like you get to used to a new club, you get used to the area, you meet people on the way. So it's like it's good to to have good boys around you as well. So I'm able to meet new people, not go out, but get used to the area and stuff. But it's a bit different where it's a lot more sort of greenery, I guess, more parks and stuff like that. But it's, it's Derby's still a nice area. Still a good area. Different to London, though, of course. So how were your, like, friendship groups? Because we've had players in the past that have come on and they've sort of had to say, like, we've had to, like, not ditch our friends, but, mm. like, we've had to tell them in no uncertain way that, listen, I'm, I'm trying to pursue a football career, mm. so Sleep. I'm going to be goals for a bit. I'll enjoy my career <laughs> and stuff. Then we can come link up kind of thing. Mm. But... but I'm speaking to you. Um, you seem to have come from a good area, Kingston. Mm. You know, it's it's a nice area. It's not like the roads. Yeah, yeah, say, of course. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. So, how have you had to be with your like friends? Um, I have a sort of a, a good friendship group, really, who I, I still speak to, PlayStation and stuff like that. Yeah. I still keep in contact with. Um, so it's like for me when I when I go to Derby, I'm focused on football and stuff like that. But then when I come home, like now. I'm able to just relax, you know, link up with a few of them, but I, I never, never cut anyone off. You know, I'm still open to speak to or meet whoever cool. my friends are. I still keep them. It's like it's almost like I never left. Sometimes <laughs> just come home and you just see them, and everything's like you, like I've been living there for ages. Mm. But I think it's I think it's a good thing, really, where you're able to keep that distance and still keep that same relationship with them. But it's it's I've got good friends, you know. I've got um when I did make my debut, two of my friends even came up to to oh, Derby okay. to. They got that heard that notice. I think it was around midday, maybe it's like, Yeah, we're, we're coming, bro. So, midday on the day of on when the, you make your day. debut, and you told them, and they jetted up straight. That's even a so <laughs> the day I made my debut, um, I was supposed to play for the 21s. Uh, so I think we had Leicester in the King Power Stadium for the 21s, and I was sort of playing. So, I've arrived like morning time, maybe just for like 11 o'clock, maybe. Uh, to get some food, and I got pulled into the, to the office before, and the, the manager just says, Look. You're on the bench for the first team tonight. You when, know. when you say the manager, yeah. I don't, I, you know, you can't just pull that. You can't just pull that. This is no, this is the this is the twenty ones manager. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> this is the twenty ones manager. Okay, okay, cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, even the first time I went into his office, that was that was scary for me. Even. Okay. So my first time I was on the bench was uh, Swansea away, so that was another travel which my friends did as well down to. Um, Wells. Oh. Wells, yeah. Mm. So that was a, a big trip for them. But uh, yeah, when I first got told, I, f- I remember exactly, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was just sitting in the canteen eating my food and uh, one of the, the staff come up to me and goes, oh, the gaffer wants to speak to you. And I'm head, I'm thinking... So wait, the under twenty threes guy. No, no, this is this was Rooney at the time. Okay. So um, yeah, they said, oh, the gaffer wants to speak to you. I was thinking, oh, at first I think, Carlos, what have you done? Yeah. Thinking, have, you, have, you done, are you in trouble? What have you done? I'm thinking, oh, what have I done? But I got in there and he just said, look, you know, we're happy with you. You've been doing well recently and we'd like to, to put put you on the bench. And I just froze. I didn't even know what to do. At that age, when you get told that, I was just like, 
I don't even know what to say. I just on the spot froze. So you know, it's mad because like, obviously the gaffer, respect manager. Mm. But when I think of Wayne Rooney, I think of best English player of the last twenty years, maybe. <laughs> so like, when he's telling you something like that, I know mm. he's the manager. Mm. But this is Wayne Rooney, the great player as mm. well. So like, how how was you feeling, bro? I think e- even going to the club and seeing him every day was a. I just think, wow, I'm sick. That, that's really every time you see him, you still get shocked. I don't, mm-hmm. like you said, I don't really see him as Gaffer all the time. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. like, like, that's the way Rooney sitting in front of me. But um, but yeah, you, sometimes you don't realize how how big he was. Even now, like mm. uh, when we traveled away, the amount of people that would be like, oh, picture, yeah, yeah, yeah. just stuff like that. I think you forget how big he is. But I think given his reputation and, and his past and obviously the player that he is, I think no matter what he said to you, you listen sort of thing. So for him to even know my name for me was okay. was massive thinking, yeah. But yeah, when I first got pulled into the office and I was just thinking, nah, <laughs> don't be anything bad, please. Yeah. yeah, so even like just talking about him as a manager, because again, we've got this perception as fans or from the outside of him being a player going into management. Like, What would you say his sort of style is? Because... You get the tacticians, you get the arm around the shoulder, man mm. managers. Where would you say he fits into that? Or what was your experience with him? Uh, for me, because I, I, I was really there for like a, a short period, I wouldn't really be able to tell you sort of okay. tactically wise. I think he, he did that set up well. There was also an assistant manager called Liam Messina. Oh, he's at home now. He's at home which is where Malcolm is as well. Yeah, so yeah. He, was, he was really helpful as well. I think they were both quite good player managers that was good like like you said putting your arm around you and be able to speak to you um but yeah there was just people that you're comfortable around you know you'd be able to speak to them if you had anything uh, going on anything like that but it was just i think it was just always good for any of them to come up to me and speak to me and just say look we want you to do this or you're doing well or just hear any information even if it was bad i thought it was just something i like to hear from like you said i call him gaffer but from way really at the time it was just different very different mm-hmm. So I want to speak a bit about you in terms of you as a player. Um, if I had to like read a player profile, mm. what would I see? Um, I think you see. No, I'm a quite. I say I'm a quite a dynamic sort of player. I like to use my pace quite a lot. Uh, so is that from either wing? Is that like? Uh, yeah, from from either side, I play on the right or the left. Mm. But you know, I'm, I like to say I'm versatile. I'm able to play. I played in the ten roll quite a bit. I'm not the tallest, but I can play out front a bit, you know, yeah. make runs Fools and Fools nine. Fools yeah. nine, yeah, yeah, dropping, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah no, my, main, my main position I play is on the right, recently, <coughs> as a right winger most of the time. Or I can play on the left, you know, if I want to cut in on my right foot, which is something that I've done before. But, um, yeah, I think you just see sort of quite dynamic, quick, mm-hmm. flary. I like to, like to express myself when I go onto the pitch. But, mm. yeah, if, I think that's what you'd see. I think that's needed in the modern game. Like you see front threes, like they all exchange ones on the left, they go central, mm. right. So like in terms of players that you're actually like looking at, not to model your game on, but just mm. to get those sort of like little pointers, mm. like which players do you say you're like studying? Uh, players like Sterling, really, I think. Yeah. Massive mm. for me. Not sort of like small, nippy players who, you know, got that flair about them. And he can play anywhere, I think, in, in the mm. front line. And I think even just modernising players like that, just realising how good they are and just watching their clips back and trying to develop that into your game is, is massive for young players. And I think young players always say, oh, like, they want to be like the Neymars and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I think even players like Gnabry are like to watch. I think, okay. he's a, I think he's a great player. The positions he gets in um, in the Bundesliga and stuff like that, I think he's just mm-hmm. good to watch players like that. But I'd probably say Sterling, yeah. I like okay. how he plays. Yeah, another player I wanted to ask you on is like Bakayo Saka. For mm. me, poof, dominating the Premier mm. League this season. For me, probably the best player in the Premier League this season mm. with Haaland and Odegaard. So, like, when you watch him, do you think like, oh, I'm learning kind of thing? Mm. I think, I think he's a a massive inspiration. I think even for young players, mm. when I watch him, I just think, you know, wow. You think, yeah, especially you don't realize his age sometimes. Mm. When you look at players, you think, oh, wow. You know, like you're dominating the Premier League, but you look back and you think. This is still a young player, you know. He's still got a lot, a lot to go. So I, yeah, I do look up to players like that really, mm. and just see what they're doing. And you think how quickly he can go from where he was before to to where he is now, which is why I'd, I'd obviously love to see myself. But it's a someone you can look up to definitely. I wanted to because I know we just we didn't dive deep into your debut. I want to know how the whole day was. Obviously, <laughs> I know you got pulled into the manager's office. 
So like, what was the emotions all throughout the game? Did you know you were coming on or you just thought, I'm going to be on the bench? Mm. So, uh, sorry to cut you off there. No, no, yeah, worries, no worries, bro. That's cool, You've bro. been cutting you yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so like I said, we had Leicester away for the 21. So as I knew, I slept the whole night just knowing I was going to be involved in the game tomorrow. which was even still a big game for me, you know, in the King Power Stadium, getting getting used to playing in stadiums like that was a, a, a big thing for me. But um, got in, had my food. And then just before we have a meeting as a as a team to go through you know, what formation you're going to play, information on the other team or, or, or so what. You just pulled me in before and just said uh, there's been, I think it was uh, Ravel who got injured at the time. Yeah. Or I think it might have been illness. I can't fully remember. But he just said, oh, he's pulled out of the squad. So uh, the gaffer said he wants you in there. And I just thought, what did I go from here? So I think I even went home and just sort of called everyone. I was calling my family. I was calling my parents. I was like, mum, I'm on the bench. Dad, I'm on the bench. Mm-hmm. And for them, it was just like, we'll come up straight away. It was just, we'll drop everything, we'll, wow. we'll come into it. And I think it was a, an eight o'clock kickoff. So I sort of had that spell from 11, 12 o'clock, just through to kickoff, just not stressing, but like thinking about it, like this is a massive sort of opportunity for me. And it was but against Fulham as well, who were like, they were top running, of the time. Yeah, yeah, running away. And to make what made it worse was sort of like, uh, even being in the dressing room was, was crazy. But um, I think if they had won the game against us, they would have got... Uh, automatic promotion okay. yeah. so that was one of the things where Rooney said in a, in a change before he said I'm not going to see them celebrating <laughs> on our pitch yeah. after this game so but be, even just being in and around the change room the first team change room being in that environment at such a young age was was massive but um, yeah when it got down towards the day I, I was just you know, I couldn't stop shaking I was just in a change room just ready to go out but I think once you step on that pitch everything just blocks out for me I don't even hear the crowd I don't hear anything I'm just Focused on on the ball and stuff like that, but so sh- did you know you were coming yeah, on? Because you didn't know, you I just walked bench. I didn't know anything. I just got told I was on the bench. That's the only sort of information I got told. Because I want to know the process from when the coach turns round mm. and they're like, Carlos, That's like the, what? Yeah. What's happening there? Like, are you like shit? I don't even have my things on or like. So for me, I was just like, just make sure you got everything. So I had, <laughs> had everything on, ready, prepared, but. I think my shin pads were on the bench or whatever, mm. but I just remember warming up and with a few players uh, around me, and I just hear like, uh, just yeah, like that. I'm thinking, I look back, he's like, is he looking at? Is he looking yeah, at me? It's yeah. me. I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm coming on, I'm coming on. I says, run back, you know, get ready. And I think it was sort of late stages in the game, so I'm sort of just thinking, just come on, just it's just a big opportunity yeah. for you, but trying to relax, but stay focused at the same time. You know, so what's the mindset? Is it? Let me do a bit. Let me just make sure I complete this pass. <laughs> what's the... What's the? For me, I think, got to settle the nerves. Since you come yeah. on, just make sure you make a pass or make sure you do something. Because if you come on and you try to be overconfident or overdo it, I think that can sort of uh, be ne- negative to you. So I think just, I thought, just, just come on, relax, make a few passes or whatever it is, just see the game out. Or just don't do anything stupid was the, yeah. was the first thing that came into my head, but... Yeah, that was an unreal experience. Even at the end, get when we got the win at the end, two one against Fulham, on top of the league at the time, it was just amazing. The stadium was jumping; everything was just crazy. So, how important were the um, experienced players? I know Curtis Davis, hmm. you know, top centre back for the Premier League Championship, and Tom Lawrence as well. Hmm. How important were those two players? Um, I think Kurt was always a great character, especially in and around the training ground. I think because. He, his experience. I mean, when I was little, I used to watch. I used to watch him, and even the yeah. uh, Chessy and um, James Chester, who who's at the, oh, yeah, at the club now, they used to play together. And I used to watch them back at Hull when I was little all the time. So it's weird when you see players like that, and then you and then you're in and around the environment. I think players like that are needed at any club, especially for any young player. Just just players that you can speak to. Just I remember him speaking to me before we even went out to the Fulham game. Just is like, if get, be always be ready. If you come on, you know, just stay calm do your thing, you know, I've, I've seen you do it, you know, just do it again. To even to hear those words from a pair like that is it's massive. It's massive. So in terms of, you know, this season, what would you say is next for you? Um, for me, I think I just really need to, to push on. I think I've had that taste of of that the first team environment and I think once I've had that, I just, just want to just get that again really. But obviously it's not going to be handled on the plate. It's something that I've got to earn myself. So I think for me, it's just, Get my head, get my head down, work hard, and just when an opportunity does come, which I hope it does, just be ready to take it. I wanted to speak about um, the season where you made your baby last season. How was that for a young player? Because I know, obviously, from reading the press, the media, 
there was a lot of like uncertainty, points deductions, mm-hmm. you know, younger players having to be brought up. Like, what was the message to the younger boys? Because I can imagine for like six, seven, eight of you, must have mm. to be just thrust into that situation, fighting relegation, mm. a lot of pressure, things that you can't control. That's not of your doing. So, h- yeah. how was that? I think I think it was it's very different because I think a few of the boys that were there, I think Luke Planch, another one who's yeah. who's doing well at the moment, Striker Palace, and yeah, yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln now, yeah, 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 in League One, so. Even players like that, I think when they went, once they were given the opportunity, like you said, Malcolm earlier, once they were given the opportunity, I think they just they just took it, and they thrived in that in that sort of environment. So I think it was the young players that that season last season were really influential for yeah. for the club, really. So I think although it wasn't negative that the financial uh, deficit and not being able to bring players in, I think it was a massive positive at the same time. I think we had to flip players like that who maybe wouldn't have got the opportunity if the club was in the right place and they happily did and they did well. I think even for me, players like myself, being able to get the opportunity or first team where I might not have if they had uh, the money to, to sign players and stuff like that, I think I think it was great. But yeah, I think it was really good that young players got the opportunity that last season just to, to step on. It's interesting. I wanted to ask your view on, I know maybe last season there was a lot of talk about... Um, Ethan, the Arsenal youngster, I think it was thrown in that, was it 15? Mm. And a lot of people after were like, come on, Arteta, what's Arteta doing? This is, you're too young, like you've been put into the action, now you're in under 18, under 21. Mm. Do you think there can be a case where players are just thrown in before their time and it puts a bit of pressure on them? Like, okay, you've made your debut, you're the next big thing. Where is he now? What's happening? And mm. people in the academies, mm. what's happening to him? Why isn't he playing? Yeah. Do you think there can be the case of that where... It's almost like you have to live up to that expectation. Mm. Uh, not really, to be honest. Okay. I, for me, I always think if you're good enough, you're old enough. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You probably heard from everyone, but I think I think it's true. I think you know players get phys- more physically developed at the age of 15, like he was. And I think if he was ready in that environment, I don't know him personally, but mm. if he was ready, if he was doing well in that environment, then I, I don't see why you would you wouldn't give a player that an opportunity. I think sometimes you do get that backlash of where. You have to live up to that environment. But I think as a footballer, that's something that you've got to always be ready for. I think being put in the spotlight or be able to say, oh, you know, you've got, you got to kick on now. I think that's something that you just have to be used to. You've got to be ready for. So I think if you're making your debut at like 15, 16, if you're, if you're my age, mm-hmm. all right, if people are going to say, oh, he has to be doing well now, that's something that you've got to live up to. I think that's something that's going to be expected of yourself. <coughs> anyway. So I, I don't see it as uh, they're taking the mick or anything. If they if they play young players, I think if, if they're rewarded for it, I, I, don't, I don't see why not. Yeah, that that Eve is gonna be a special. He's a special <laughs> talent, so he's got a big future. Um, I just want to talk a bit about your international career. Mm. Where do you stand on that at the moment? Uh, so I think for me, I wasn't whilst I was at Chelsea, I wasn't really getting any. Obviously, my 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 dream would be to play for England, of course, but I wasn't really getting any any light from there. I wasn't really, I didn't get any camps or anything like that. So for me, it was more uh, my parent. My my mum was born in in Gibraltar, in Spain, so. That's somewhere where I've I've not lived, but I've been I've been there loads and loads of times, and I know that place really well. So I think that's a a place that's close to heart for me. And when the opportunity did uh, did come, where they asked me to to play for me, so I just like it was it was perfect for me really. It's opportunity to get international experience, which I hadn't had before, which opened up a different eye from from other people to, be able to say, okay, look, he's he's representing a country now. Mm-hmm. So I think it was great for me at the time, really. I think I played a few games for the under seventeens, and I had a had a few opportunities to push on but I sort of thought I've had that experience now let me just focus back on the club and stuff like that when you say opportunities to push on does that mean higher age group or uh, yeah I think there was a few uh, 21s and and first team camps after that which I I think I could have gone to but it was just more I got that taste of now I want to focus back on the club making sure I'm back I'm performing for the club which is ultimately the most important thing Mm -hmm. and then when that opportunity does come again if I want if I were to go away with with Jabul I'm I'm happy to be able to take it but um, I think they've got a few games coming up for the under-21s which I I might be which I am sort of looking into so uh, we'll just have to see in the future really where where that where that leads me So what's your take on like the Gibraltar national team because over here is a bit of a snobbery, in my opinion, against the likes of San Marino, Gibraltar. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, they get beat ten nil. Yeah, yeah. What's the point? Mm. You're obviously inside the rooms. You're part of that association. Um, for those cynics and critics mm. that look down on Gibraltar, 
what do you think are the benefits of your brought like competing against like, the top nations? Mm. I think like like any country, I mean, I think Gibraltar is not got the, the financial uplift as other countries, of course, being the size and the population that of the, the maybe the, the depth of players and stuff like that. But I still think being an underdog in a country like that, I think it's it's great, really. You get the opportunity to play against players from uh, a lot of other countries and of big sort of high sort of uh, pro- big profiles and stuff like that. So for me, I sort of see it as as a good thing, you know. I like being an underdog. I like being able to say, you know, what well, you might you might think you're all that, but you know, we'll, yeah, we'll see. I'll show you. Yeah. So, so when I when I see that, I, I don't really see it as I know what you mean when people say, "Oh, San Marino, they get beat and stuff." Mm-hmm. Which, which sometimes they do, but to be in and around that environment, you don't really see it as, "Oh, I'm just gonna get beat today." You want to see it as, or even on a personal note, I want to be able to to show, let's say you're playing against the likes of Holland or something. I want to show them, you know, okay, this is what I've got, sort of mm-hmm. thing. So. I don't really see it as I'm going there to, to, to get beat or whatever. I'm to sort of show talent that I have and express that. Yeah, so how is it in Gibraltar? Because, again, we only see it from the English side. And as mm. I said, there's that snobbery. But I'm sure for countries like Gibraltar and Samarin, it must be a big day. Like, England mm. are coming to visit us. This is... Yeah. How, I mean, how is it from that side? Uh, yeah, it is sort of like a a big thing where they're able to host games and stuff like that. I mean, I remember uh, when Holland came over, even for the 21s, that was sort of a, a big thing because I think the population is only about 33,000 in Gibraltar. So I think when they have the opportunity to, to host host games, like that, I think it's great for the country even just to get that exposure to, to, to big teams, big players coming over. But I also think they don't take it too much as, oh, okay, yeah, we've got so-and-so coming today, don't look into it. I think you've got, you've got to still have that sort of rivalry and yeah, think, you know, yeah. Uh, we're here for a game and not here to sort of idolise yeah. them and stuff like that sort of thing so but yeah I think it is, is a big thing for the country but I think you've got a game at the end of the day they have to play so nice so in terms of like your contract situation at Derby are you still a scholar have you signed a pro like what's happening in terms of um, so for, for me that's that's something that you know goes on behind the scenes I don't really look into that too much I'm just focused on Oh, so are you still a scholar or at the moment? Yeah, yeah, I'm, st- I'm, okay. I'm, st- I'm still, okay. a, I'm still a scholar. But um, you know, that job- I think your contract ends end of this season, right? Thirtieth mm. of June, twenty twenty three. I believe. So at the moment, I'm I'm still a lobby player, which is which is which is the main thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, contract negotiations always happen sort of behind closed doors and stuff like that. So that's not something that I really talk about too much. Top top, top answer. This is like training. You're, you're learning well. <laughs> I'm not going to talk into, into that too much. Like the agent, deal with that behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, 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 you're learning. You've you've learned. Learned. You're you're learned. Learned. Those are the lines. You've yeah. learned, you've learned. Yeah, so yeah, like, like I said, I mean. So uh, has there been talks? Uh, don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, we'll see, we'll see. But like I said, I'm still a derby player at the moment, and that's the main thing. I'm just focused on myself, really, just pushing on, getting to the places I was last season, sort of thing. Yeah. So we're gonna move on to life outside of football. Obviously, as Dead said, mention, mentioned earlier, you Gen Zs, your brains <laughs> on another planet compared to us. So, what do you like getting up to, bro? Uh, for me, I, I like to. I'm quite a chill person, really. I don't really go out too much. I don't really like all that sort of party life sort of thing. So okay. I'm just sort of a chill. I like to do practical things, you know, go out, watch a film or stuff like that. But after games, I just like to relax, really. Just yeah. sit, take the rest, to take the day after, just to to recover. But um, yeah, I like I like to go out with my friends and stuff like that. But it's more practical things maybe well, go you started the driving lessons <laughs> when you say practical <laughs> innit have you started your practical driving I have I have I've had a few I've had a few lessons how are you finding it no it's good it's yeah. good are you what are you on parking reverse what's it yeah, reverse yeah. around the corner yeah. what are you doing yeah. manual Bay automatic no, manual, manual, yeah, manual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you've got good parents yeah exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> my parents can never do automatic tests uh, but I think it's a good thing, you know, being mm-hmm. able to start being more independent, you know, now to drive for me, you know, it, I can stay at the training ground for longer. I could even come in on my off days just to do a little bit. So that's something that I'm working on on the side, but I need to push it on a bit more now. But uh, yeah, you know, that time will come and I'll be driving soon, hopefully. So what would you say is like a main interest outside of football? Would you say like uh, another hobby? Um, it's a weird question, you know. I think I, my life just sort of evolves around football, really. I don't really mm-hmm. look into anything too deeply uh, alongside football but I do like to just play other sports in my, in my spare time I think um, oh, I forgot what it's called it's like a 
paddle that was it it's like okay. a paddle like yeah, yeah paddle oh, yeah, tennis yeah, or yeah, thing. Yeah, I think yeah, even yeah. stuff like that is quite quite fun you know get go with a few mates or even i went with my dicks people even um just played against them and stuff like that but it's good to just look into other sports like that play ping pong is a great thing to do in your spare time Gets a bit challenging in the in the training yeah, ground. You playing it? Hand out, <laughs> yeah, I used to. I saw you played the other month, yeah. <laughs> and I served it. <laughs> so he's the he's the better one. That you know, no, 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 no. You know what's he funny? Knows. You know what's funny? When we were in college together, obviously it was neck and neck. Mm. But I have to be honest, recent obviously does <laughs> get up. But in college, we used yeah, to have some was, epic battles. Yeah, that yeah, we used to have some back it. and forth. Yeah, obviously. Maybe ages and all my time now, so I've been getting some whippings, yeah. but yeah. Last time we'll be pulling these hands, we'll be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> got, got a little ache in his calf. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So yeah, he, no. yeah, I wanted to ask you about, in terms of being a young player now, you know, branding, social media. Mm. Um, we see younger players, I don't know, Bashir Humphreys, I saw the other day, he done like a TikTok that went viral, you know. I know it's Ramadan right now, it's praying, training. And that sort of got like a good reaction because people are like, wow, this this guy's serious. Like he's mm. very on his career kind of thing. So how important is social media to, to you? Um, for me, I'm not really been a kind of big social media guy, really. I haven't really been one to be posting my life and stuff like that. I like to sort of just stay quiet. And then when I do have something to, to talk about, I'll, I'll do that. But for people like, like you said, who, Bashir, who's using it well, I think that's just a, a good example of using social media positively, I think. That's what I'd like to sort of to use social media like that, where I'm posting positively and getting sort of um, followers from that sort of type of thing, rather than obviously the bad things that can happen mm, on social media yeah. nowadays. But I think that's just another positive example of how I'd also like to use social media, just showing people, you know, the day to day life of of what you do as a footballer, as a sportsman, and, and what you do sort of thing, which can get a lot of interest, I guess. No, no, definitely, that's sick. And let's say if you're going on date night with with the missus, <laughs> not saying you have a missus, but going on date night with the missus, mm. what's the what's the drip? What's the outfit? So I, d- I don't like to be too show and tell sort of thing. I like to just sort of <laughs> smart the casual. Has to match for me. That like, has okay. to match. The color color scheme. It's a massive thing for me. As long as it's matching, it's all right. So what are you saying? Is it like a white shirt or just? jacket for me it's always a cargo's jumper sort of hoodie maybe sort of thing okay maybe not too not too smart like that actually okay. not, I haven't been the one what are the kicks shirt. of choice is it jordan uh, fours is it dunks travis scott's you know it's you know with the fashion it's not the fucking <laughs> level i feel like i've seen uh, a few ballers come out with come big shouts but um yeah for me it's just even casual ones air force ones is nice <laughs> i like fours at the moment too far i got a few pairs okay what colors are you, have you got? uh the, the unc fours i like to wear them a lot with the neon grays as well so there's a, there's a yeah, few yeah, pairs yeah, there's a few rotations we always talk uh, me and dot about the younger generation now the standard is mad high. Mm. So like it was 16, you yeah. gotta have Dior's, you gotta yeah. have Louis Gucci. Uh. It's like the pressure like, to keep up with the Joneses is mad. Mm. Like, how do you see that? Do you sort of feel that sort of pressure, or are you someone that just, I'll do my own thing? What you're doing over there, that's yeah. your problem. I'm, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I like. I like making sure I look good. I like having nice things because I, I look after it at the end of the day. So I think if I'm able to to treat myself to a new pair of shoes or whatever, I'll, I'll happily do that. But I don't really feel a pressure to be able to do that. I, th- I think that's something where uh, if I'm older, which hopefully I am, and I'm, I have, I've had a good career, then I'm able to, to treat myself to like a pair of Dior's or something <laughs> yeah, like that. But yeah. at, yeah. for at the moment, I think it's just, it's just, you know, just treat myself every now and then, you know, make sure I look nice and, treat myself to whatever pair of shoes I want but I don't really feel the pressure to be able to spend a lot of stuff on clothes and stuff like that I think I, I like what I like and it's like you said if they're doing that it, that's that's their sort of choice but for yeah, me because this generation now man it's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah you see all sorts of 14 year olds wearing your 22s and you think yeah they've got their LV man yeah. bags everything man. <laughs> just, it's just yeah. ridiculous yeah it's, but nah, for me it's more when I'm older I'll be able to treat myself to stuff like that but for now just keep it keep it simple focus on the football yeah definitely and in terms of like music what are you rocking with because for me when you come into my whip it's straight afro beats Mm. ashake whiskey burner boy Mm. whoever 
Mm. But you youngsters will be telling me little this, little that. Yeah. So who who you rocking with at the minute? Too fair. I like to to rotate different genres. Really, uh, Afrobeat's a massive one in the changing room, especially. But I'm I'm into quite a lot American uh, rap, so like Lil Baby, oh. stuff like that. Gunna, I think those mm, are the, the cold, main, yeah, yeah, the main ones for me. I don't really listen to too much. UK. What about Little like Dirk? Are you are you messing with Little Dirk or not really? <laughs> nah, yeah. no, not too, too much for me. But but uh, I stick to the to the to the main ones. But I do like American music. But it's a random shout. But I like French music as well. Okay. I think it's, it's really calming and it sort of gets me focused before a game. I like listening mm. to, to French. You understand music. French? No, actually, okay. that, so they could be saying all sorts of that stuff. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, they could You're be saying. Fair in there. Yeah, I'm yeah. just hearing the beat and I, and I like it. But um, but yeah, before a game, I like to listen to, to French music. Really. It's just nice, calming, gets you in the mood. It's got like, it's close like that Afrobeat sort of mm. uh, background to it. So I, I like I like French music, but, but yeah, I rotate it to be fair. What about UK artists? I know you said you're not really messing mm. with a lot, but if there's like, let's say two mm. UK artists that you think... Uh, I think I'll know one of them. But yeah. I'll wait to see if you say it. The, I think, the, the, the no. people in the background are shaking their heads saying, no, it's not. No, listen. It is? Okay. No. <laughs> I was going to say Central uh, C. I was going to, I um, don't know, I was going to make that. I don't personally, I don't know like you guys, but I don't. For us, it's gigs. Gigs yeah, is the goal. Gigs, of, yeah, of, yeah. Of, of, <laughs> even, even like old Skepta tunes that I listen yeah, to. Yeah, Skepta okay. obviously may, may not before my time. I say my time like I'm like I'm a, <laughs> like I'm a man, but um, Skepta I like I like I like songs like that. Um, I'm not really into this modern day uh, D block mm-hmm. Europe. I don't think that's not. Okay. Really, I, I like a few of the songs, but for me, I just I just like to stick to the mm-hmm. to the known songs that I like listening to before games and stuff like that, but. I don't really venture into to UK rapper that I probably should to be fair, but it's just your preference. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask you like, okay, if we were to plan out the next twelve to eighteen months, what would that look like for you in an ideal world in terms of your career? Mm, so I think we have uh, after this after this season we got a big sort of preseason ahead of me where uh, I was lucky enough to spend preseason with the first team this season, so I think that was a big thing for me, making sure I'm I'm fit, ready when I come back into the club. So that's the first sort of steps, making sure I end the season well. I'm currently currently injured as well with my with my quad, so making sure that's all strong when I come back and I'm ready for the to, for the season ahead. So for me, that's just starting the season well, coming in fit, making sure I'm in the right condition, right right physique and everything, can hit the ground running really. So I think if I if I do get that opportunity to to have a few sessions preseason with the first team and I, and I do well, that's something that I need to to look forward to. But um, for me, it's just make sure everything's right for now, ready for next season, and come hit the ground running. Yeah, you've been absolutely yeah. amazing. Like by the way you speak, you're gonna have like a massive career, man, and we're thank gonna you. be supporting and following your journey, bro. And thank you for being open and honest. You've been a fantastic guest. Mm, you never think you're so young, but I think <laughs> the younger generation now, you're so advanced. I don't know when we hear 17, we think, yeah, we won't be able to talk. Bro, yeah, yeah, been we even like, went out today there with a 19-year-old, knows exactly what he wants to do, mm, want to yeah. do this for my business. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, yeah. scary. The younger generation, you guys, scary. it's impressive. It's impressive. <laughs> no, but thank you for having me on. I really do appreciate this opportunity. You guys have been... Great as always, so thank you. No, I love bro. Love bro. No, we, thank you. We've got a closing tradition on this podcast. I know you're okay. 17, but I'm gonna <laughs> still put you on the spot because oh, that's what yeah. we do. Okay. So obviously you've experienced, you know, the platform, the beautiful game podcast, and you've, you know, experienced being interviewed by myself and Dej. So if you had to recommend maybe a teammate or friend that you know in football mm. that will potentially be a good fit for this platform, mm. who who would you recommend? Oof. I'd probably say, I'd say my bear Fapatina. He plays for Derby at the moment. I live with him as well. Okay. In, in Diggs. He's a character. He's funny. <laughs> I think he'd be, he's, he's like, he's like me in a sense where he's able to talk for for his age, where he's not someone who's going to sit and give you mm. some answers. So I think, <laughs> I think that'd be a good character for you, to, for you guys mm. to, to look into. But um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty right. So cool. So we're going to leave it there. That's another episode of the Beautiful Game Podcast. Over and out. Peace.
Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.